0: all right here we go nothing to say the fans podcast the greatest show on earth is now beginning you're welcome you're welcome for bringing this to you and thank you for being here with us sam dude we have so much to talk about
1: (laughs) i said you're welcome underrated uh musical performance by the great dwayne the rock johnson probably deserved a grammy for that performance
0: Dude, I I love that movie. <laughs> I, I really do.
1: Easily top 5 of Disney.
0: Oh yeah. I just saw The Jungle Cruise too. He was great in The Jungle Cruise as well.
1: Good. Good. Good as
0: well. That was a great movie. Um we're going to jump right into we're going to jump right into sports. We got there's no fluff with this episode. There's just too much to get to. There's just too much to get to. So we're going to start off with a New, seg- new segment called I Need Answers. I've got two questions for Sam. He doesn't know what they are. He's got two questions for me. I don't know what they are. We're just going to ask them to each other right here and get some reaction. So, Sam, first question. There is so much going on in the NBA right now with movement. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But just before we get into that, who right now would you say is in a better position to win the finals next year, Brooklyn or L.A.?
1: Um, after the moves that were made uh, over this last week, I'd have to say I'd have to say Brooklyn is in the better position. Um, I feel like because they didn't have to go through a giant rebuild that it seems like the whole Lakers roster has gone through. They only had the Lakers roster only had like about four people that were on contract from a year ago, and now they have a completely different team a lot very older team maybe not as uh, good defensively of a team. and brooklyn just needs to get healthy they added a little bit of pieces with patty mills brought back like griffin um, but i feel like they right now are in a stronger position to make the finals
0: all right all right next question with like I'd mentioned, there's one name that keeps getting thrown around and that's Damian Lillard. This morning, I was listening to a podcast uh, from F- Friday, Greenie's podcast, and he had Kendrick Perkins on. And Kendrick per- Perkins said that he thinks if Damian Lillard moves, and this is just a fantasy situation where like, you know, Greenie asked him, where would you say is the best landing spot for him? So he wasn't saying that he thinks this is going to happen. He was saying this is his ideal spot. He said the ideal landing spot for Damian Lillard was Utah, next to Donovan Mitchell. He's saying if they could find a way to make that work and have that backcourt, make that work in terms of not giving up a bunch of pieces, Mm -hmm. then Utah would become one of the favorites to win the title. So I'll ask you the same question. If Damian Lillard does move, and you could just plop him on whatever team and say, this will work, where would you put Damian Lillard?
1: Um, I think the most interesting position would be if Dame went back home and played for Golden State. Trade Clay and Draymond's contract probably matches up to pay for Dame. And even if you could get CJ in that deal or get Nurkic in that deal, I think having Dame – And Steph on the court, they're not going to be able to play very good defense. But they, you're going to have to respect them from 40 feet away (laughs) every time they dribble down the court. I think that'd be just this—the layers of uh, this is Steph's team. These two have been rivals for so many years. To be in the who's the best point guard in the league? Who's the best shooter in the league? And Dame is coming back home to Oakland, even though they're in San Francisco. Uh, but I think that would be so intriguing for the NBA and just really light a spark into this season. The Utah, the Utah move doesn't, doesn't do that for me really.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Well, this segment isn't about me rebuttaling. That's just Sam's opinion. So we'll move on to, uh, to his questions.
1: All right, Jason, what is more captivating NBA free agency or the Olympics?
0: um probably the olympics um i think just because the olympics is well that's tough because i know more about the nba than i do about the olympics so it's one of those things where i feel like i have more context for what is going on but in terms of what is more captivating now i would i'd have to say the olympics it's I mean, when you have people breaking world records and you have all of these different events that are taking place, I mean, they're all interesting in their own right, um, you know, whether it's swimming or diving or basketball or any number of new sports that got added this year. Track is one of my absolute favorites. Um, so I'd, I'd have to say the Olympics, but it, that's a good question considering they're both happening right at the same time. So
1: yeah, the free agency is crazy. Yeah. All right. Put your thinking caps on. If I told you you had to make the Olympics, the, the 2024 Olympics, and if you didn't, you would die, what event would you pick to try to make? Oh, God.
0: That's a phenomenal question. Um, well, see, it's funny because – If I, the event that I wanted to do in, in high school was running the 100 meter, but against these guys, there's, there's no way I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even come close. So I'd have to pick something, I'd have to pick something reasonable. Um, you're giving me four years. What do I think? Oh, three. Well, okay. Yeah. Three (laughs) years. What, what do I think I'm athletic enough to do? I think I'm gonna be. I don't think I'm gonna be able to add s- enough speed to qualify for running. All of the other sports are so specialized. I have three years to train. I'm already. I mean, I. You know what? The answer that's coming to mind. It, it, put me in diving. Give give me diving because I no
1: feel, no <laughs> way. Yes, give, <laughs> me,
0: give me diving.
1: <laughs> Jason, this one was easy for you. How do you not pick shooting? Shooting or the like the rifling, the marksman, yeah. But
0: I, I, I don't. Well, again, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking of big ticket, I'm thinking of big tip ticket Olympic events. I, Bro, your
1: I, life is on the line. You're not, don't go for the 100 meter, go for the easy one, go for the judo or the taekwondo. I, don't, that's not easy. <laughs> they're mean, they're not, they're not. Um,
0: no, I got, I got diving, I got diving. I'm already, I can already. I'm already not uh, afraid of heights. Um, there
1: is absolutely no way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's, this is a hypothetical question. I'm not qualifying for the Olympics. I'm, I'm telling
1: feeling... you right now. <laughs> if I had – so I, I get to quit my job, right? All I get to do is focus on being a part of a rowing team or a sailing team. You put me with those Olympic athletes? I'm making the Olympics. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. So we're talking about group events now. And I should have asked you to specify the question. I wanted you to be creative. Any event. Well, then, yeah, I feel like I'd be better, way better off with rowing because I have everybody well, else you, to mask. Well, but
1: what, I was Jason, thinking of individual you died. events. You didn't qualify for diving. You didn't was, qualify, sorry. That's a
0: stupid question.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that went from the best question we've ever had on the show to, I, I can't believe you asked that.
1: You, but the, the winter one would be way easier to qualify for. You think? Yeah, I mean, uh, like how much skill goes into luge? Into luge, you're literally sliding, right? Yeah, I I wouldn't do it because that goes against all of my the fibers of my nature. But if you're like someone that's into that, then you could you could sit there, you know? <laughs> you could hold on. sit. There. Oh Just man, totally, totally shitting on luge.
0: That needs there's to be the t- other, <laughs> that there needs to be the title one. of the episode. What oh? What about badminton You couldn't qualify for badminton Badminton, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, they're Olympic athletes. (laughs)
1: How, how, but there's got to be a cap to how skilled you could be at badminton. Well, Well, it's funny because
0: I'm looking at the Tokyo Olympics, um, their website, and literally what's trending right now is badminton moments so i'm pulling up a video right now and i'm telling yeah, you tell me how tell me how i'm telling you there's not a chance in the world
1: how about well, doubles doubles well, badminton
0: okay badminton badminton might be the maybe well no i don't think so because they just don't they don't miss yeah no i'm watching them there's no way maybe may, i feel like i maybe for a good 10 seconds but after that no there's no way
1: there's no way i'm sticking with diving <laughs> let me let me change my nationality to like um, i think england is probably the best at sailing or something like that and let me just go train with them okay well again that's a group event not
0: an individual event <laughs> uh,
1: guess,
0: guess you wrote the question jason Guess who wrote the question poorly? Not, Sam. not your, not your dead ass. That's okay, who. okay. All right. So what, what, uh, what do you want to start with first? You want to start with the Olympics? You want to start with the NBA? I wish we could ask the audience, but I have to ask you. So
1: uh, let's start with the NBA and finish off with the Olympics. There's a lot to talk about for the NBA. So
0: oh my God, there's so much going on in the NBA right now. So for those of you who have been paying attention, would have the amount of. That has gone on in the NBA has been hard to keep track of. So I'm sure there are going to be people that we forget to mention along this because there's just so much to pay attention to. But I'll do my best to try to run through quickly at least the big ticket ones. So obviously the Russell Westbrook move to LA was, well, the Lakers, I should say, because the Clippers are there. So the move for from Westbrook to Washington, holy smokes! Are you from okay, man? Washington. To L.A. with Westbrook. There we go. The annual Russell Westbrook trade, it seems like, um, Mm -hmm. to L.A. So Lonzo Ball went to the Bulls. Kyle Lowry is now in Miami. Trey Young finalized a max extension deal with the Hawks. CP3 also signed a four-year deal, $120 million deal with the Suns. Also stat on CP3. Um, by the time he turns 40, CP3 will have made $446 million from NBA contracts alone. Would so there he, you
1: go. He's going to have more lifetime earnings than LeBron, won't he? Uh, well, LeBron
0: became an athlete. I, I think LeBron just moved into a category of net worth. Um, I think he was the first athlete to reach $1 billion of, or, like, or. Either the first or the most recent, because I know he just eclipsed a network, uh, a net worth of $1 billion, But he's got so many deals outside of...
1: But, yeah, yeah. What about, like, contract mean, It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Because I mean, CP3 that, be came it. in
1: a year, year after? Year or two after? I think just a year after. And he's, like, Houston paid him. Clippers... Shelled out for him and LeBron in the last couple of years, I think it's been taking less.
0: Yeah. So CP three made bank. Um, Trevor Ariza signed a one year deal with the Lakers, the retirement home in LA. Um, Dwight Howard is also returning to LA. Derek Rose agreed to a three year, $43 million deal with the Knicks. Alex Caruso is now with the Bulls. Uh, NBA champion P.J. Tucker is now with the Miami Heat. Blake Griffin, as Sam mentioned earlier, is staying with the Nets. Uh, Let's see. Who else? Who else? I'm just kind of scrolling through Bleacher Report right here. Here we go. Andre Drummond signed a one-year deal with the 76ers. That's going to be interesting with him and Embiid. Uh, Carmelo Anthony Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is now... A Laker as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Steph Curry signed a four year, $215 million extension. Just a breakdown of the deal, real quick. So, over four years, he's going to obviously make $215 million. That is $53 million roughly per season, about $655,000 roughly per game, and about $13.5 thousand per minute of an NBA game. <laughs> So there you go with Um, that. DeMar DeRozan signed with the Bulls. mm -hmm. Um, And Patty Mills is also now in Brooklyn. So there's just a breakdown of uh, some of the biggest moves that have happened in the NBA offseason. It's been freaking ridiculous. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'll just ask you uh, right off the bat, with anything, not anything specific, because there's so much. What was the biggest surprise for you with all of this?
1: Jason, do you remember when NBA free agency got this crazy? I mean, we have stars like Kyle Lowry switching teams, Jamar DeRozan switching teams, uh, Russ is obviously been switching teams a lot. Like, when did this all, this trend start, where now it's like every single team is retooling and guys are only staying for a year, year or two?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting shift in the NBA, and it's... I feel like it's been kind of a slow change and it's just you know I think the reason why maybe this off season feels so different in that sense cuz obviously people move every year but with this off season it seems like everybody that's moving has made a name for themselves in some way or another and I but I feel like we say this with every NBA off season right when it's happening, we're like, oh, man, this is ridiculous. Like the Wild West the, for the NBA, so much movement, all this, all that. I feel like we say it every single year, and you're right. I, I don't think I know – I don't think I can pinpoint a year that maybe started all of this. I, I mean, was it LeBron mm-hmm. going to Miami?
1: <laughs> yeah, was it? And then guys started taking shorter deals and having yeah. opt outs and uh KD taking opt outs and getting out of Golden State. It's just it's interesting how, how much it's developed. And this was supposed to be a pretty calm off season with with just Kawhi pretty much as the big name. I mean when Kyle Lowry is one of the bigger names, especially no no disrespect to Kyle Lowry, but this at this point of his career, he's not the perennial all star in the NBA champion that we saw a couple of years ago. He had a pretty off year last year and he was sort of like that, that table Turner piece that needed to go to really get the ball rolling. Um, I think it's emphasized when you have big market teams like Miami and uh, Brooklyn and LA, both LA teams being so active. I mean, the fact that the Lakers just totally turned over their whole roster Is like, oh man, this free agency is crazy. Look how many players the Lakers are signing when in actuality they're just filling out a roster to get the required amount of players to play in the NBA or else they wouldn't have been able to field a team onto the court. Like, it's, I think that sort of skews the perception of what this uh, free agency is like. It's just, it's really interesting that, uh, Guys are just free, freely moving. Maybe it's because of the money that's being offered, even after a COVID season. I mean, the fact that uh, Spencer did did getting paid twenty million a year, and he really hasn't been healthy the last. I feel like a couple years have been injury shortened seasons, and he's a really talented player, but we don't know how good he truly is.
0: Well, the question that I have for you now is: Do you think? Does this for you make the NBA more exciting or less exciting with guys moving around every single year?
1: Um, I I think it's more exciting. Um I think it would be I'd feel differently if the Kings were involved every year. Yeah, if the if the Kings were a a title contender. So say I'm a Lakers fan, right? I am more, I would feel more attached to the team if there was players on it that I saw grow up with the team. Like, the Lakers drafted these players. I could see them grow up, uh, see them develop. But the fact that the Lakers have a completely different roster than they did last year, and even their championship win here, it's like, yeah, I'm cheering on the the Lakers, but I I'm, I have no... I'm not connected to these guys that are playing on the court right now. Like Trevor Ariza. Yeah. He was a one-time Laker, but that was 2009. I think it was the last time he played for the Lakers. That seems like ages ago. Right. Um, And there's all these different guys. I think it's, it's, (laughs) don't get me wrong. It sucks that we have to keep talking about the fact that the Kings are awful and they always have, they've been having the same pretty much core the last five years and, Before that, they had the DeMarcus Cousins core that was there and could never seem to get it done. But it's like we always have an opinion about those players because we know them so well, and we get to really dive in to see them every single night. But the fact that these players are all moving and changing, it's hard for me as a fan to really, um, I guess, totally buy into all that... Uh, these guys are having to offer it's it makes it it makes it more seem like a business more than ever when guys are moving around so much and good on them because they're getting paid and it is a business i mean this is the power that these players have earned and it's the power the power that they they deserve to get as much money as possible and really keep these teams uh in check pretty much because you know teams would just move guys when they feel that they're not valued anyway so it's it's that give and take but uh, I just where it is now. Um, when it's a, when you're outside looking in, it is interesting because there's different teams that have power in the NBA each and every year. Yeah, I I
0: think it's um, I think I agree with you in the sense that you know the Kings were you know actively involved in the off season in a way that you know like you mentioned like L A is then i think it would be different in that sense but because you know the team that we follow doesn't isn't a market for that then you know for people who aren't a part of fan bases who who have teams who are you know our title contenders and are really going after that then the nba offseason is becomes fun to watch in that sense but it's almost i think it becomes exciting in that sense because you're just like okay not because not necessarily because you care about the teams per se but it's just because next time you watch an NBA game it'll just be something different
1: per mm-hmm. you know um, yeah it's different it's different matchups each time for it's the same team same jerseys but different players in them
0: yeah so it's not necessarily like it's the most important thing for i guess us in that sense but it's yeah it's just it's just different and every time that you see you know, like next year when we watch the Lakers, the Kings play the Lakers three, four times a year. And so we see them all the time. So seeing a whole new Lakers team will be uh, interesting. But do I really care what's going on there? No, not really. Just like I don't really care what's going on in Miami. But it'll be fun to watch in it feels, that sense.
1: It feels wrong that this is Russell Westbrook's, what, fifth fifth team in five years? Yeah. Is it fourth? No, fourth team in in four years. That just seems wrong for his caliber of player. You know, and the fact that, that CP three has been on was on four teams in four like that just seems or he was on. He's been in. He's been on five teams in his career. Like, I don't. I, this is gonna sound super homery, but I. I do appreciate the Kobe's of the world and the Dirk's of the world and the Tim Duncan's of the world that played their entire careers. I'm not knocking guys for moving, but it's like you build like when Tim won that last one and when um, Dirk won that one in 2011, it was like this has been building for years, like decades of history that led to this moment. And it's just unbelievable stories that, you can't really compare with a team like LA or a team like uh, Miami of old or the KD Warriors that um, it's like a rushed story in that way. But I I, I truly appreciate the decade long stories that built and it it tritted over years.
0: I think that's why for me, this Bucks championship was so fun to watch because Giannis has been with Milwaukee you know and it was really cool to see him bring a championship to a city that hasn't had one and him you know stick it out and stay there um, and eventually get it done so I mean yeah where I mean we're taught I mean I guess I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here in the sense that having all this movement is exciting because it's new for people who don't actively watch the teams every day and you know what it's also new for fans as well um who do watch the teams. But I guess if I'm thinking about it as a Kings fan, it's cool to be watching the same guys every year because you're you're sticking with them and you're hoping that they're gonna get better. Um but yeah, no at the same time, you know, when guys don't stay, then you don't get the they're like, oh man, like they've been so close for three, four like think of think of how cool it would be for Dame to win a championship in Portland as opposed to, like I mentioned earlier, let's say he did get traded to Utah and they ended up winning. I think it would feel cooler, maybe for the NBA, if he won a championship in Portland instead of in Utah. You know, because he had been he's been there for so long, they've gotten so close, mm-hmm. um, and it would just mean more. Maybe I don't know if it would mean more to him. I mean, I would. I, 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 I it would. I'd, have to, I'd have to believe that it would mean more to him, but. You know when you're a big star like that, like Dame Lillard, and this this can bounce to another like sort of topic that I guess uh, would be an interesting thing to to sort of talk about. If when you're when you're a star and you see all this movement, like Dame is looking around in the Western Conference, and obviously he sees Russell Westbrook now going to L.A. Well, at that point, if you're Damian Lillard, you have to. There's two battles you have to fight. One you know, the idea of bringing a championship to Portland clearly means so much to him or else he wouldn't still be there. But at the same time, the road just keeps getting harder and harder and harder. So, I mean, why stay, you know, why not go to a place that already is a title contender and then just put them over the top. So it's hard. I mean, this is something that I don't think you can, that the NBA can stop, you know, I mean, once, it seems like it's just a ball that's just going to keep rolling.
1: Do you think the NBA encourages this player movement? I don't know. Because <laughs> they certainly a...
0: don't discourage it.
1: No, it's such a star-driven league, and the face of the company or the face of the league is the poster child of making moves to benefit oneself. Right? Yeah. LeBron was the. F- it seems like LeBron was the first, and the one that made it, it cool.
0: Yeah, the Miami one has got to be, I mean, that was really the, well, I mean, I think you could even argue the uh, the Boston one, maybe, you know, because they were a super team before the Miami one.
1: But none of them were as big of stars as LeBron was. I don't
0: know. Okay, well.
1: Individually. as
0: LeBron, yeah. KG was, I mean, but. No. Yeah, comparing to LeBron, no, no.
1: Yeah. Hmm
0: but I, again i don't think it's something that they can stop
1: if anything I, teams definitely would deter would want to deter this yeah because just look what happened to okc 5 years ago they were one of the premier franchises in the nba and now they're stuck in irrelevancy yeah all all because of two players from that team aren't on the team anymore pretty much yeah a bunch of other players moved but that was at, like at effect of those two moving
0: right hmm. yeah I mean it's uh it's it's an interesting thought and I don't uh, it's one of those things where I hear all the time being talked about on e s p n you know is this healthy for the league and i mean i in a way I think it is, but there's you know there's a yin and a, there's a yin and a yang to everything, and I feel like you can make an argument for both sides um very easily so um all right, so one of the things that we're gonna do this show is we are going to select the teams that we think are now most likely to win the NBA title, coming off of all of this free agency ridiculousness. So I've got my four because I am stuck on my fifth one right now. Um, Sam, you ready to go? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: Uh, I can go first. Do you want to stop from the top or bottom?
0: Um. Oh, we got it in
1: order. Uh,
0: You go first. We can start at the bottom.
1: At the bottom? So this one, I think this spot was the hardest for me to pick. It was between um, Denver, Dallas, uh, Clippers, uh, and Miami. Right. So I went up, I went and picked uh, Denver. They're going to get a healthy Jamal Murray back. They just got, uh, they just signed Jeff Green. They still have the reigning MVP of the, of the NBA. They have, uh, they have a bunch of, the stillest uh, Michael Porter Jr. of course is a that team. So I, th- I think Denver will return to uh, their playoff prowess from two years ago in the bubble and really give the Western Conference a run for its money and potentially make the NBA playoffs. So
0: I um, I was just scrolling through as well. I, I, The teams that I was looking for, obviously, at the end, were pretty much the same as you, Denver, Dallas, the Clippers. I didn't put Clippers there because Kawhi is, hasn't signed anything yet. Um, the last that I heard was he was still planning on siding with the Clippers, but that was the last that I heard. And until he does, I'm not going to commit to that yet. Um, so yeah I think Denver is a pretty safe bet as well obviously the hurdle in the west is going to be the Lakers and who knows maybe even I mean it's tough if the Warriors are healthy you got to remember Clay, Draymond and Steph were champions before Durant got there and they're all still there so who knows if Clay's coming back and he is anything like what he used to be which is a big ask for a guy who has had injuries on back-to-back seasons to both legs. Um, that's a big ask, but, I mean, the Warriors could easily be in there as well. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like Denver's a, a safe bet as well. I'll go my fourth. Um, I feel like this is a little bit disrespectful because they just won, but, you know, I, I had to put the Bucks at four, and the reason why Ooh. I put the Bucks at four – was because the East has, I mean, let's got the Heat got better, the Bulls got better, better, um, and I feel like the Eastern Conference is just going to be really tough. First of all, I don't think the Bucks are the best team in that in that conference. Um, Brooklyn, I mean, they barely beat Brooklyn with a healthy Durant, no Kyrie, and a limping James Harden. I think with Brooklyn 100 percent healthy, they beat. Milwaukee so with with how tough the eastern conference is getting with all the players that are just flooding to the east right now I feel like I had to put the Bucks at four which is a little bit disrespectful I know but I'm just I'm I couldn't I couldn't get myself to to put them any higher
1: a special shout out I I, I mentioned a little bit um, I did have Denver at five but I think Miami adding Uh, Lowry and and Tucker is pretty huge for that team, and they retained uh, Duncan Robinson, even if they overpaid for him. If they could somehow return to two years ago form with these additions, maybe Kyle Lowry uh, takes some pressure off of Jimmy Butler on the offensive end. Bam continues to grow on the offensive end and continue to excel, maybe be a defensive player of the year candidate next year. Miami could be scary and really take charge of getting a top three seed in the East and – who knows if they don't if they don't start out slow? Jimmy Butler was playing probably the best basketball of his career I think last year, so that team can still be scary. But number four, uh, I have Phoenix. Gotta give respect to Phoenix for making the NBA Finals this year. They showed a lot, and they're bringing back pretty much the same team minus Torrey Craig of a year ago, um, and Torrey Craig wasn't that big of a piece. Uh, who knows? now that chris who knows if chris paul still has that motivation this this will either be a moment where getting to that finals and losing will then just spur him on to have an even better year than he did last year or does finally making that finals make him think you know what i did it i did that one thing that i needed to do i made a finals now i can just be the player like focus on other things maybe that is focused waivers a little bit. That's a big question mark for Phoenix, but respecting the play of Devin Booker, CB3 last year, DeAndre Aden and that team put him at four.
0: All right. Who's your number three?
1: Uh, number three, I put Milwaukee. Uh, they did end up winning the NBA finals last year, but I think the two teams above them obviously have a better chance of winning uh, next year. Put them up here. Uh, I guess it, it Giannis got to back it up. He has to play. It's crazy to say because he played historically great last year, but they need that to beat the Lakers and the Nets to win an NBA championship. And that just goes to show how good those other two teams are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I put Utah at three. Um, Utah Mm -hmm. was right in it up until obviously Mitchell got hurt um i know he came back but i still kind of believe that that was still lingering for him utah was the number one team in the nba last year um and i have record, no re- record was record wise yes and i have no re- i have no reason to believe that they're not going to be right back in it next year um and i they, think
1: no go ahead they re-signed conley so they're bringing back a their same team, but I just see limitations for that team. I think we had question marks going into the playoffs about them and they were kind of proven right when a Kawhi Clippers team ended up knocking them out.
0: Yeah. Um, I still, I still think that they can win um, in, in the playoffs. Obviously the, the hurdle is going to be for the East and the West is who I'm sure we both have it. One and two, it's, it's the Nets and the Lakers. And I, and I don't know who is rightfully one and who is rightfully two um, with the current construction of each team. I don't know who did, like I didn't put a one and a two. I just put them, you know, boom, boom. They're at the top. Did you, did you put them in like a specific order? Do you think there's a clear favorite between the two?
1: Well, you asked me, that was one of the, um, the, I need answers questions. That's true. So, so I did, I stuck with, uh, with Brooklyn at the top from what we saw, That might have been the best Kevin Durant we've seen and that was him coming off of an injury so now with an offseason to heal, maybe even rest they retool and there's no way that both of those supporting stars are going to be injured at the Mm -hmm. same time. He just needs one of them to come along and if he can get the best of Kyrie or the best of James Harden, they're they're primed to win an NBA championship. They'll at least make the finals with yeah. how good Kevin Durant was playing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about
0: the Lakers and the way that – I mean, so the Russell Westbrook trade was really interesting to me. Um,
1: Does that make because, them better?
0: I don't know. and Because what, what's going to happen, at least here's what I'm envisioning is going to happen. Russell Westbrook is going to have to handle the ball because mm-hmm. right now he's not a good enough shooter to justify being a, a two-guard who doesn't handle the ball um, and, and, let, and let LeBron run the offense. Because LeBron is not going to kick it to a Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook is not a knockdown shooter. So that dynamic doesn't really work. So unless Russell Westbrook becomes a knockdown shooter in the span of a couple months, then – Russell Westbrook is going to have to handle the ball, which means it's going to take the ball away from LeBron, um, which also means he's probably going to have to play four, which I know he – and it's going to have to push Anthony Davis down to the five as well, which is probably where he's best suited, but we've heard in the past that that's not exactly what he likes to do the most. Um, so I'm afraid with Russell Westbrook being on that team and being who he is that it's going to take away possessions from LeBron – Handling the ball and facilitating the offense in the way that he does. And obviously it's going to take away possessions from Anthony Davis. And I don't know, well, actually I do know, I would rather have the ball in LeBron's hands and Anthony Davis's hands before I would have it in Russell Westbrook's hands. But because of the position that they play and because of the dynamic of the team, Westbrook is going to have to be the one running the offense. So maybe, maybe he pulls a James Harden. Because when James Harden went to Brooklyn, you and I were both sitting here talking about, how, well, this isn't going to work, because you have three ball dominant players. And Kyrie said, "Nope, I'll be the two guard. I'll be a knockdown shooter." Harden said, "Nope, I'm going to pass the ball a lot more. And I don't have to. T- I don't have to score 50 points a game." And Durant said, "Cool, I'm going to be me." And it worked out.
1: I'm going to so, keep doing what I'm doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and. So if Westbrook has a dynamic shift in terms of mentality, then sure. I mean, he's a good enough player. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't um, think, I don't
1: even think that's an if anymore. We saw it with him at Houston. He took a backseat to James Harden and really tried to make that relationship work. And he was a different player, I think, even in Washington, like taking a backseat to Bradley Beal and running that offense, bringing energy. I think this is a – extremely different Russell Westbrook than when he was in Oklahoma City in the one man show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it I I think and plus I think he's going to be motivated to get the one thing that he doesn't have, you know?
1: There's a lot of guys that are going to be motivated. LeBron's going to be motivated. If Anthony Davis isn't motivated and going to come into this season in the best shape of his life, that's a huge red flag. Mello yeah. is going to be motivated to win a championship. Russ Right? There's guys that that jumped onto this Laker team. The mantra is, this is, this is it right here. We have one stop, and that's the yeah. NBA Finals. That's all we're thinking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's going to be interesting is the dynamic of of rest when it comes to all of these players, you know?
1: Yeah, you AD, know getting... AD and LeBron are going to need rest, especially coming off of injury-riddled seasons. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the NBA season, again, it feels like it just ended, but it's right around the corner, you know?
1: <laughs> we just had games today. We have the California Classic and I think the Salt Lake City Classic are today. Yeah. So basketball is <laughs> – basketballs are bouncing.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's, right, it's right around the corner. It is right around the corner. And it just ended. It just ended. <laughs> um, but, again, this was a conversation that you and I were having – way back when they were creating the bubble is you and i it was funny because when that was happening there were so many sports stations and i'm gonna pat us on the back here for this um there were so many sports stations that were talking about the bubble and how this is you know so historic and all that other stuff and we you and i acknowledged that but our primary conversation was what the schedule was going to look like for the next year and the year after that and we focused a lot on that and We pretty much nailed it. So I'm just with, uh, I mean, you and I both were sitting on the podcast and said, look, the season afterward, they're probably going to have to start on Christmas because they're not going to get, they're not going to give that up. And then that's also going to shorten the season. And then that's going to bleed off. And then it's probably going to take, you know, two years to, to
1: rebound from this. and, And here we are. So. But now, again, I think we have another shortened off season, and it's going to be interesting to see the the injury rate again, especially yeah. for the bigger name players. If it does go down, which I'm sure the NBA is hoping for, with uh, with now more time off between games, fewer back to backs, uh, they'll probably. I think they should continue what they did last year with the strategic planning of travel, they had, I think you play in the same arena two nights or like two times in a row, but they maybe now they could space a game out. So say Kings are going, going out East, they'll play New York. The two times they play New York, they'll play them back to back. Right. Just get that out of the way and play uh, Miami and blah, blah, blah. blah. I think the league should adapt that still. I think that would be better for, maybe it be it makes longer road trips but it's less travel for guys. Yeah, um, and it allows them to stay in one place and really truly rest cuz how much rest are are you getting on a day of travel? I especially traveling, I imagine traveling from Miami to Portland. Yeah. It's like that's not that's not a comfortable day for for these guys. I know they're flying private jets but still that's pretty this pretty ass. Yeah,
0: and yeah, I mean, they might have beds to sleep in and all that stuff, but I mean, but we're just seven foot
1: dudes. Seven foot yeah. dudes. How are you supposed to make a private jet comfortable for seven foot dudes? Yeah, no, I don't know. I
0: really don't know. Yeah, that's
1: um, a, that's a good. Uh, I need answers. Question.
0: Yeah, we'll bring we'll bring on an engineer.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Listen, listen, buddy. Please explain. You designed Air Force One. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, about halfway through the show. Feel like a good time to uh, transition into uh into some NFL talk cuz I mean, I know we could spend so much more time on the NBA, but there's also Oh, some no, stuff. no,
1: no. We can't transition. We got to talk about the Kings. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, the team, the team that we both like.
0: I totally forgot about that because we never talked about that
1: anymore. So what what give me a give me a quick grade for the Kings draft.
0: Uh, I got. I'm. I'm. I'm all in on our draft grade. Um, on our. Uh, on our draft grade. So I will give, give us a a, give uh, a, yeah, yeah. a B plus or an A minus. Whoa, truthfully.
1: that's pretty high.
0: Truthfully, um, so one of the things that the Kings absolutely needed to address was the defensive side of the ball. You know, um, they are coming off of one of the worst defensive seasons like in nba history i think um so bringing in um bringing in Mitchell, i think is is a great idea for the kings in the sense that it's going to it's going to add a toughness on the outside that the kings desperately desperately needed and what was what was our center's name again i i keep forgetting oh, his name keita uh yes Yes. um I don't know much about him so
1: M- uh, Nimes Keita he's, yeah. he's a he's a potential pick yeah he's I like don't know all about potential
0: don't know much about him um but yeah I mean again I think that the Kings drafting a defensive two-way two-way playing uh, guard is uh, is perfect I mean look at what Halliburton did for the Kings last year um I think with the Kings yeah, You know, people were making jokes about how many guards do you guys need? Well, you need three. Really, you need three. You need two guys out there uh, on the floor in your starting lineup, and you need a good, solid uh, rotating guard to give one of them a break um, during the game. So if you could have those three guards just rotating, I think that'll be good for the Kings.
1: Mm -hmm. What about Buddy Heald?
0: Buddy Heald. Get rid of him. <laughs> I don't think there's much else to say with that. I don't. I don't. I don't need him here anymore. I didn't want him here last year. I wanted Bogey to stay here last year, and so did you. And I think so did Ben. I don't think any of us wanted him here last year, but the Kings paid out their ass for Buddy, and they they couldn't. But I feel like now they're in a position to get that. I saw a potential, like a hypothetical trade package. Mm-hmm. That involved With Philly, because Ben Simmons has been yeah. thrown around there. It was Simmons, healed and Halliburton. Nope. And I was like, nope. As soon as you throw Halliburton into the deal, I'm out. I'm out.
1: Which is so sacrilege, because right now Ben Simmons is a better player than Tyrus Halliburton.
0: Yes, it is. But, but he's he a is. lot
1: more expensive. <clears throat> and that's just a lot to... I'd, I'd throw in Marvin Bagley. Oh, for sure. And a first-round pick. You know where I think the
0: best landing spot for Ben Simmons would be, truthfully? Uh, Portland? Golden State. Ooh. Yeah. He doesn't have to shoot. (laughs) I mean, he really doesn't in that sense. He's a phenomenal defender. You have Draymond, Clay, and Ben Simmons all playing defense. And Steph Steph is an underrated defender. I mean, he's not. He's
1: just his height is a, is a problem. That's it's not like an effort or yeah, no, he's like certainly, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's out there playing defense as I think as hard as he can normally. So,
1: so that's a bad rap that Steph gets. Cause uh, he got he, on the biggest stage, right? He's going against maybe the best ball handler ever in Kyrie Irving. And a guy that can, is one of the best finishers of his time. Also around the rim. Like that dude is so hard to guard. Even Clay Thompson, who is an All NBA first-team defender, struggled—not really struggled, but like couldn't limit Kyrie Irving's damage. So when Kyrie Irving gets, when Steph gets switched on Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving dances and kind of gets by Steph, that's not Steph's fault, and I think he gets kind of a bad rap for it. <laughs> yeah, too. like he's a he's a liability on defense. When really, that's the only time that that's really coming to question. Right. Just a little nice tangent for you.
0: Right. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the Kings draft grade just on the uh, NBA.com, um, and I'm reading about um, our guys. So there was an A-plus grade, a B, B-minus, C-plus, B-minus, A-minus, B, B-minus, C. And I'm reading a little more about uh, Kita, and I thought that this was uh, an interesting little note about him real quick. Mm-hmm. So, um, little note that somebody wrote it says Kita is an old school center with incredible physical strength and athleticism for his size. Nobody has Kita's combinations combination of measurables maybe ever. He tops out every category: height, length, vertical leap, lane agility. You name it, and Kita crushes it. He just isn't a worker. He just isn't a workout warrior. Kita huh. posted strong counting. Stats across the board with Utah State. He's a strong interior scorer and rim protector. However, the modern game has simply shifted away from everything Kita does well. He will have a hard time trying to corral the high pick and roll, and he offers no perimeter shooting whatsoever. He still represents tremendous value at this point in the draft and will be a matchup nightmare on second units. So, sounds like we got a guy who's... Five feet from the rim and a defensive stuff. We got Bill Russell, baby,
1: <laughs> or or Rudy Gobert, yeah,
0: or Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so, but so everybody I, seems to like Mitchell. So,
1: I'm I'm reading this Bleacher Report article about um, potential like trade rumors and stuff. Apparently, Philly, according to sources, so this could li- not make any not be true at all, is looking for four future first
0: I've heard that too and
1: an all-star level player for Ben Simmons
0: yeah I've heard that too
1: are they not watching the, they they get they are privy to watching him every single day in practice yeah they lit him up they Doc Rivers lit him up and threw him under the bus asked another bus to drive over and then they, he asked both of them to reverse back over Ben Simmons after the playoffs and they still think he's worth that much, that doesn't make any sense. No. No, I agree. You can't have your cake and eat it too, Philly. Get those Philly cheesesteaks out of here. Come on. (laughs) What are we talking about here? He can't be bad and can't shoot, but also be worth four future firsts and an all-star level player. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That's unrealistic. I think the the pressure is gonna get so high for Philadelphia once they start once they get into the season with Ben Simmons. Do you think Philadelphia would be happy to break camp with Ben Simmons still on their roster? No. Isn't that a must move now player? Send him to Golden State, I'm telling you. <laughs> but Golden State doesn't have I mean, with Golden Really, if you're Golden State, would you give up four firsts and Andrew Wiggins probably?
0: Mm, would you give up James Wiseman?
1: James Wiseman,
0: I would. Okay, well then you could throw Wiseman into that. You could throw, Wiseman and Wiggins. You could throw Wiseman and Wiggins, maybe two draft picks, um, and maybe another player on that roster. Uh, I, you can't get rid of Clay, Draymond, and Steph. Um, uh, you can get rid
1: of Draymond. Draymond's a better.
0: No, I I wouldn't get rid of him.
1: Um, Ben Simmons is a better Draymond Green.
0: He's a younger maybe Damian Lee. Um, what? who? Just another player. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: former King Damian Lee. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I'm just looking at their I roster think. right now. Yeah, they don't really have. A, yeah, so I think at that point you'd have to. I think yeah, your James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins are really your two guys who I think you can offer. And then I think you just you would have to, you have to give picks at that point. Jordan Poole maybe I don't know.
1: I'm just throwing out names, but that deal just it's it's one thing to say hey like we value this guy that much, but you can't say you value him that much after what we saw. Yeah. Last year,
0: you watch the tape, right, Philly?
1: <laughs> Bro, but they you, see him at practice.
0: But here's the thing: maybe a change of scenery will will help him in that sense. Maybe sending him to Golden State, like I said, is the perfect place for him because I mean, Golden
1: State would be the perfect place.
0: Yeah, and then you just have Steph go like here. No, let me Steph and Clay here like just tweak this, tweak that. Boom! Look, you're a great shooter. Shoot with us. No, so... I, I
1: don't. I don't think it's it's. I don't think it's really that simple. I think it's more no, about it's not, him, but him learning what it takes to win well like you in got all- draymond steph is well documented as one of the hardest workers in the gym and clay is one of the most naturally gifted shooters and you have steve steve kerr who has to he has to demand respect not only for how good of a player he was but how good of a coach he's shown he's been and how good of a relay relayer of information to players that he continues to have. Yeah. I've,
0: to me, that has been the number one spot that I think would be perfect for. Would for you give
1: up uh, clay for him? <sighs> mm-hmm.
0: No, I wouldn't feel well. Cause I don't know what clay is going to be. If
1: he's still clay,
0: then no, but.
1: Oh, do you think clay is better than, than like a, prime clay is better than ben simmons
0: i would take a clay yeah
1: yeah because clay
0: is an elite defender as well and what clay brings what clay does is defend and shoot the lights out of the ball absolutely catch the ball
1: catch the ball and shoot three
0: right and in that sense and i know that simmons has a different skill set but um i feel like you know clay is an all-time great as one of the things that that he does best simmons isn't an all-time great at i mean he's great at what he does well obviously but he's not an all-time great at one particular thing clay is an all-time great at one particular thing and he's a phenomenal perimeter defender so give me give me clay okay um but i mean i i like i said i like what the kings did just to Bring it mm-hmm. back home to the Kings. I yeah. like I like what the Kings did.
1: Um you and... like Harkless, Len and Holmes coming back?
0: Yeah. Alex Len is a is a monster.
1: He was great for the Kings.
0: He really was. I was so sad when he left. The hammer <laughs> man.
1: He, he was,
0: was so good. Every time he was in, it was just like I I, re- I remember watching the game, like, like just games with my mom at night and just turning to her. I was like, oh, Alex Led is coming in. Immediate 10 points. <laughs> 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 I, he's going to go five for five right here, play 10 minutes, get 10 points and five rebounds, and then go out every time. Every yep. time. He um, probably had the best plus minus of anybody on the
1: team. It, what is going to make or break this off? Because I think the the Mitchell – if you were to tell me before the draft that they were going to draft uh, Mitchell, I'd have been happy. It's a name that I know. It's a guy that is a proven winner. Um, it's such a not Kings pick because the Kings would pick someone else. Um, uh, this isn't a Papianas pick. It's Thomas Robinson pick. It's a it's a player that's proven. It's a player that's probably. Ro- Um, in the draft, the most equipped to go in and play right away, which I think is what exactly they did with Tyrese Halliburton. So I I think that this this pick is just continuing that trend. I'm worried because he is, yes, a great defender. I think he can – it allows Fox to no longer be the primary defender on every single point guard in the West, which is huge. But when I judge this pick – I want all three of these guys to be on the court because I want all the best players for the Kings to be on the court at the same time. And I think Mitchell's already should be on the court in closing time or starting just getting the primary amount of minutes. Right. And I don't know because of the small frame of Fox, because of the small frame of Halliburton, neither of those two guys can guard like an Andrew Wiggins or a LeBron on the wing or like a, a Brandon Ingram. I think Fox took uh, Brandon Ingram a little bit, but those guys have length on those guys and or size on them. So yes, we get a plus defender, but then are we losing defense somewhere else by forcing him into the lineup? That's my only, that's I I, I don't even know if it's a worry. It's just, I guess, curiosity going into the season, how Luke Walton, the greatest coach of all time, is going to make it work. Yeah. She'll <laughs>
0: <Right. laughs> probably screw it up. So I'm reading an article right now that was posted 22 hour, hours ago on a, a website called uh, Hoops Habit. And they did a mock trade uh, because the, the, the article is centering around the idea that Finding a way to play Fox Halliburton and Mitchell is going to be difficult, and they were mm-hmm. saying they would only make. They were like the pick makes sense if they were looking to get rid of Fox. And then, whoa, what? Well, here, he, he, this is this was just a hypothetical in the sense, at least the one I'm getting at. He said, okay. It says the trade that may end up making the most sense for everyone involved is getting on the phone with Daryl Morey and broaching the topic of Ben Simmons. So they were talking about the packages and it would be the 76ers get Fox, Buddy Healed, a first-round pick and another first-round pick and the Kings get Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. And then you oh. roll out and then you'd roll out with Mitchell Halliburton, Harris, Simmons and
1: um, Holmes. like Holmes. Yeah. No.
0: But I don't want to get rid of
1: Fox. That that move that team is better than the team that is currently there. Can safely say that, right? Yes. But I don't think you do that to Fox. No, I don't think <laughs> like so. He is literally either. the only guy. He has to be untouchable. There is no way he is more untouchable than Tyree Halliburton. Yeah, easily, easily said. The guy just signed an extension with this team. He has been so gracious to be so supportive of this city, and, and he's got better franchise. every year. He's damn. He's gonna be an All Star next year. Yeah. Who knows? He's. I think he's more valuable than Ben Simmons is right now. That
0: is a fair point. Yeah.
1: I don't know. He might not be, but
0: on the offensive side of the ball, he is.
1: I rate him higher. How's yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This off-season for the Kings is all dependent on what happens with Marvin and what more importantly what happens with Buddy because I think Marvin I'm still holding out hope that he can stay and that relationship can still continue. But Buddy needs I think Buddy, Buddy needs to I, go. <laughs> Buddy Buddy wants to leave and I don't think the Kings want to keep paying him. So yeah. that just needs to happen.
0: Yeah, no, they,
1: they need to leave. They need
0: to get rid of him immediately. Um, all right, so talked a lot NBA. about the NBA. Yeah, um,
1: NFL time.
0: You ready to uh, do a quick thing on the NFL?
1: Yeah, just real quick.
0: All right, let's get it. So we spent a lot of time on the NBA um, maybe a little longer than what we were planning on, but that's okay because there were a lot of things that we needed to get to in the NBA. The NFL. So we've covered a lot of the big stuff that has happened in the NFL, but we just want to do a fun little game here. Um, normally in the NFL, I don't remember what the exact statistic was, but every year there are new teams that come in the playoffs. It's like four or five or six, something like that every single year. There's
1: wait, It's it's four of each, in each conference, isn't it? Like every year, there's four in each conference that are new that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, it's, the year before. yeah, it's
0: some, something along that line. Four in each conference. Um, bottom line is is that there's there's a bunch of new teams that always get cycled through um, the NFL playoffs. So what we decided to do was pick the four teams coming into this season, not from each division, but just four teams that we could see making the playoffs next year, who were not in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. So, there are a lot of teams (laughs) to go through, and a couple that I passed on just because of the division that they were in. I'll just clue you into one of them, i.e. the Arizona Cardinals, who I think in any other division could be a playoff team, but because they're in a division with the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Stick Stick them in the AFC South. They make the... The playoffs
0: oh for sure
1: for sure for sure
0: um but yeah so it's just stuff like that that is you have obviously playoff teams that like miami last year i mean they mm-hmm. were a playoff team but you know they were just in a rough division and they, they didn't get in so so we picked four teams that we think could possibly make the playoffs next year who were not in the playoffs last year do you want to go first or do you want me to go first
1: are we just going one by one? Sure, why not? Um, I think the obvious one is the Niners. Yep. Um, I think they will, for sure, at least get a wild card.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so that was an easy one for for both of us. Um, all right, so I'll go. I'll go next. Um, I'll say the Chargers are a team that I could see sneaking in. For a wild card spot in the AFC, I don't know what the Texans are going to be like. Um, the Colts, I could see getting off to a rocky start now that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are injured. Um, the East, if it's going to come down to the Chargers and like the Dolphins for a wild card playoff spot, um, and you know maybe the Raiders. Um, no, nope. you know I, <laughs> um, I could I could see the Chargers beat. They're not going to win the division. They won't win the division, but I could see them beating out the Colts because I think the Titans are going to win the division. Um, but I could see them beating out the Colts. Um, I could see them potentially beating out the Steelers and maybe even uh, the Dolphins. So I'll, I'll take the Chargers mm-hmm. making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I also have the Chargers uh, making it. They're – I think they are probably the most. Either they got to be behind the Browns as one of the most hyped up teams for little reason yeah. going into the year. But uh, I think Herbert, it's, it's going to be an interesting take. So Herbert had a great year last year, and I love Justin Herbert. I think he will show some signs of struggle. He's going to put up great numbers regardless, but I think this year won't be. Um, it won't be as dramatic of growth as we saw from Oregon to the Chargers. I think there's going to be a little bit of signs of growth, but it's not going to be as apparent as what we saw last year, just because now there's going to be fans um, everywhere in stadiums. The off season is a different process. He's now, I was, I just listened to an interview of him and uh, when he was on Colin Cowherd's show, and it sounded like they were putting a lot more on his plate this year. So I think that could potentially hinder his performance. Like last year, who knows, maybe he was just going out and it was like, hey, make this read, make that throw because you got a great arm. And it, it was working. Now it's like, are we going to maybe throw too much at Justin to where it kind of muddles and he might struggle a little bit? And defenses now have a full – training camp to prepare like the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Broncos, who have a great defense. Those teams are all going to be looking at Justin Herbert tape this in this entire year. And now it's, he might show a little bit of struggle, but I think they at least get it enough done to make the playoffs in the AFC.
0: Interesting. I don't agree. He, but also, interesting. he
1: also has a completely retooled um, offensive line. It should be better uh, this year. I just think that's, Potentially, what's going to happen? Just go a little bit against the grain. I love the dude. Um, and I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a guy. It's not like he's going to throw 20 interceptions. I'm just saying it's he's not going to be um, that MVP level guy that I think most people are jumping to.
0: I can't wait till Brendan is on the show again and for you to say that exact same thing.
1: I'm going to be interested I think it's just, in what he says. It's just realistic. You know, like you can't be one where the, I'm not saying he's going to suck and he's going to get. I think it's just a realistic view of what potentially could happen. And, and Brendan's, a, but that's Brendan's, okay. not, Brendan's not realistic about things. So, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is who, who you got next? Um, I got another easy one because they just missed it, missed out last year because of a tiebreaker. I got Miami making it this yep, year. Yep. So, this is boring because <laughs> I have the same thing. It, we should have done eight. Because that would have been really tough.
0: That would have been. We, really we tough. can
1: still do. Let's do. Let's do it. I mean, we can do it on the fly. Yeah. So, so Miami, um, they get, uh, they get Jalen waddle in the draft. They get, um, what's that dude's name? Uh, oh, gosh, he's the Texans' old wide receiver, Fuller. Um, Fuller, Will Fuller. They get them too. They, um, they they made a lot of. Good moves this offseason that shirt up a lot of spaces. is all about Tua, but I think this team is so good that they won't allow Tua to not make the playoffs. And the Colts missing out, obviously, because of Wentz and Quentin Nelson injuries will allow them to move in.
0: Yeah, so I've got Miami as well. Um, The next team that I have in there, and this is partially because their division is just so unpredictable. If this I is
1: an NFC East team. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> i I don't think I don't think that they're going to win the division. I think the Redskins are going to win this
1: division. Oh. Um,
0: however, however, and I don't. And again, there are so many teams. Like again, we were talking about this before the show. Every year, every year, there are so many new teams in the playoffs. So while injuries,
1: injuries happen, right?
0: So while just picking a random team may seem stupid um, in, in theory, you know, it happens every single year. So with the improvement that they made towards the end of the year on defense um, they're getting their running back back, and if their quarterback plays semi decent, I could see the Giants sneaking in into a Ooh. into a wild card playoff spot. Am, am I am I confident that it's going to happen? No, but again, just nope. looking around in the entire in the entire makeup of the NFC, like I don't know, there's just not a lot to pick from, and I uh, the Giants again feel like. A team that I could – I mean, I, I could see it happening. What, do I think it's going to? No. But would it shock me? No. No, it wouldn't shock me either. So I put um, the Giants I had, in there.
1: We had the same – I think we were on the, the same wavelength this whole time because I had Dallas. Yeah. I have. A, I, I think they're going to win the division this year. Oh, interesting. You want to bet on that? With <laughs> – bet what? I don't know. <laughs> we can do a show bet. <laughs> We could do uh, we could do one for how many we get right out of the eight. You want to you want to pick eight teams. See how many we get it right.
0: Yeah, but I think we got to put a little bit more thought into it as of uh, instead of just doing it off the fly. But
1: uh, whatever. yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I have, but I I think have Dallas do. Dallas sneaking in. I that NFC East is up for grabs. So yeah, any team. Um, Davion Mitchell has eighteen points at the end of the third quarter. That's good. Nice. Uh, any team could. Go up, and I I was thinking about the Giants too. But I have more confidence in the in the Cowboys. They have a way less uh, established defensive unit than the Giants do. But Dak Prescott is way better than Daniel Jones. Yes, that offense as a whole is. I mean, Giants have a lot of weapons, but they don't have Dallas. I don't think anyone has Dallas's weapons in the NFL. So I think Uh, that team. Stop. What? What do you mean, stop? They don't have a three-wide receiver group as good as the Cowboys. Okay. but It's they have... A.J. Brown and Julio and who else? And Derrick Henry. Okay. You can just say okay
0: to Derrick Henry. <laughs>
1: but it's not C.D. Amari and... Gallup and oh, shut Deacon. up! They
0: have the best running back in the league and a top three wide receiver in the league.
1: Who's top three? Julio, Julio. yeah, like five years ago.
0: Okay, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever,
1: <laughs> whatever. And they got Ryan Tannehill, he was a wide receiver, he might be a top three wide receiver in the
0: NFL. <laughs> okay, shut up. Um, all right, looking at other teams that could make the playoffs, um, who? Minnesota. Minnesota,
1: interesting. They, they're they're taking a wild card. They're taking because Chicago made the playoffs last. Year.
0: Yeah, but Chicago as a team is not horrifically bad. Their quarterback was bad.
1: And um, you Dalton this year, man.
0: But at, it's going to be Justin Fields. But as but their team is not bad. But you know their quarterback situation was just terrible. But uh, the Brown, I mean, the Bears making the playoffs was more of a testimony to how good their team is and how bad their quarterback was. Um, Or yeah, I I didn't word that very correctly. I mean, very well, but you know what I'm talking about.
1: Um, I think Minnesota can, can take that their spot um, at what? 10 and (sighs) seven. Interesting. Um, Especially if the, if green Bay gets off to a slow start um, with how tumultuous their off season has been. Who knows that that division might be wide open? Four
0: teams are not going to make it into the playoffs from the NFC East. Like I want to say the Cardinals, but I, they're four. You mean the the West? Uh the w- yeah. Sorry, yeah, the West. Um,
1: no, there's there's no way.
0: that, that can't happen. There's no mathematically.
1: That, yeah. I don't think that could happen.
0: So then what we're looking at? Maybe well, how many teams are there? So we'd have four division winners and what three wild cards?
1: Uh, is it? Yeah, four, four division and three wild cards. Yeah, because
0: yeah, they added a team. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, we both – okay, so let's just say we're having a team from the NFC East. So, now we have five. You said Minnesota, which I won't I won't argue with. Um, so, I think, honestly, gonna, for me
1: – pay you back off of my pick.
0: So, then, well, okay, see, the Saints – the Saints – um, we're in it last year. And the Bucks were in it la- Panthers, maybe?
1: Yeah, I was going to say Panthers. I think, I think the, Pan- the, Panther- the Panthers are better right now than the Saints and the Falcons.
0: Yeah, I could see the Panthers maybe doing it. So then we have to turn to the AFC. I mean, the Patriots got everybody and their grandmother for mm-hmm. a free agent. So, I mean, you got to think that, well – Again, that, that's a team that I, I can't fully commit to because you, know, you don't know what's going to happen at quarterback because Cam was not good last year. And if he's anything like that, then obviously they're not going to make the playoffs, which would mean they'd have to bring in Mac Jones. And again, while he looks like he could be a really uh, good NFL starting quarterback, we've never seen him play. So that just feels like an unsafe choice um, mm-hmm. with the Patriots. Um, and the Steelers and the Browns and the Ravens all made it last mm-hmm. year. Um,
1: Steelers won't this year.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I don't think Houston has any chance.
1: The Colts, <laughs> <Jacksonville>. <laughs> the
0: Colts were there last year. The Colts um, could still. They could. Tennessee was there. The Raiders are making it, baby. Come on now. Let's go. How, what did they finish us? They've gotten better every year. It was like what five and it was like five and eleven, and then it was. How um, have they gotten
1: better every year? Their record it's has gotten their better. Ev-
0: their record has gotten better every year since John Gruden has been there. Oh really? <laughs> last year was what only like, like last one year? game. Um, they were. I think they were eight.
1: eight? What were they? So they CBS games just
0: from the playoffs. Yeah, so in eighteen they were four and twelve, and nineteen they were seven and nine and twenty they were eight and eight. So all I see is progress. <laughs> oh. How have they gotten better? Yes. How have they gotten better at all? I'm just saying they have, so you know. How? how? They signed the him less... to a ten they signed him to a ten year coaching contract. It's only been three years. The record has improved every year. Come on.
1: No, but how Please pitch me how the Raiders are better this year than they were last year. Uh, they've got more um,
0: weapons on offense. Um, and, Who? And their defense can't be any worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awful pitch. <laughs> oh, man. It's like
1: the Kings. Well, they they can't be historically bad two years in a row, right? Um, but, Yeah. <laughs> I only got I only got
0: seven. Wow. Well, I, does... I'm sticking the Raiders. The Raiders don't it. <laughs> They're trash. Shut up.
1: Would you, would you put money on it right now that the Raiders would finish with a better record than the Niners? No. God, no. Ooh, not a true Raider fan.
0: No, I'm a realistic Raider
1: fan. Oh, <laughs> Okay.
0: Not no. Why would I? Why in the world would anybody take that bet? <laughs> in the, that's that that would be be a fast way to lose money.
1: I thought Jimmy G was bad.
0: I never said he was bad. He's not as good as Derek, but I never said he was bad. Oh, we get
1: a year of Jimmy G this year.
0: Ooh, hoo, hoo,
1: I I. I and... Yay. The, Colts, the Colts should trade for Jimmy G if Carson Wentz doesn't look like he's going to come back anytime soon. First-round pick. That would be a...
0: That would actually be a good move.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That would be a good move.
1: Call me the matchmaker. Well, hey, we
0: we were ahead of Carson Wentz going to the Colts in the first place, so...
1: Yeah. We were a little premature. It's all good.
0: Yeah. In case you guys didn't know that, we we said that first.
1: So, so Jason, yeah, sitting down. Is there one one uh, event or moment that stuck out to you watching the Olympics? Uh, well, I.
0: Just, uh, oh God. Okay. So let me find let me find the post because there was a track. Um, there's a track event that happened just recently. Karsten Warholm from Norway, okay. uh, he broke, I believe it was his own world record. It was the men's 400 meter hurdles. He ran it in 45 seconds. Now, just like, just take a second to think about running, first of all, 45 seconds around a track, just period. But it he was doing crazy. hurdles,
1: yeah.
0: I and I'll look up the world. Um, uh, 400. Okay, so yeah, so the men's world record for 400 meter sprint is mm-hmm. 43 seconds, and this guy ran 45 seconds while doing hurdles.
1: Whoa, he might have meddled when he was hurdling.
0: That's what the I'm sprinters. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so. For me, that right there is one of the absolute craziest things that i, I I've seen. Um,
1: I love uh, in the a long gymnastics. Time. love everything about it
0: yeah
1: all the give me the floor routines, give me the uneven bars, give me the uh, balance beam, give me the vault like give me all that that is so that's such like a foreign concept to me. It's just so cool how it's it's so all in what those athletes are doing. Like so, it looks so effortless. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's such a disappointment when they when they don't when they take like a hop, but it just looks so cool. That for me is the powerhouse. That's the the like the spot where the spotlight should be for the Olympics.
0: I'd also have to say Katie Ledecky continuing her dominance in swimming. You like
1: swimming? You like swimming a lot?
0: I, I think swimming is fun to watch, and it's um, it's don't tough give, because
1: don't give me the longer races, like the because yeah. they have fifteen hundred, like that's too long for swimming. I can only see so. At a certain point, it's like, wait, are they finishing right here? Oh no, turn around. Um, are they are they ending right? Oh no, turn turn around again. Okay. And that
0: the long swimming races sort of fall under the same thing with like NASCAR in that sense to me. Like, it's just like, you know, let let me watch the last like two minutes. Um, uh-huh. But you know, the, the swimming sprints, those are so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, the, and, you know, when, when they bring out the teams, um, yeah, the relays, yeah, Ooh. the relays are, are so fun to watch. Like a relay freestyle. Oh, it's so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch.
1: You, uh, so you, know, who, to watch. Uh, you know who Caleb Dressel is, right? Is, isn't is he the Britain swimmer? No, he's the U.S. dude that's, like, lighting it up.
0: Oh, well, then who's the Britain guy who is also really good? I recognize the name, but I thought it was the Britain guy.
1: What did I say, Dressel? Yeah. Um, look up a picture of him right now.
0: I Oh, you know what? I do think I know who you're talking about.
1: He's he shredded, does not, isn't he? He does not look like a swimmer. Usually you see like I think I think a swimmer is a dude with skinnier. The sleeve, yeah. Like he is jacked.
0: Yeah, I, I remember him now because he's got the he's got the sleeve. Yeah, he's uh he's a monster. <laughs> like you see that dude at a bar, you're you're dying you're you're leaving <laughs> the bar. You're going to a different bar. Yeah, he's no he's way. a monster. It's funny because you look at that and you look at a guy like Phelps, and Phelps That's never looked saying. Phelps never looked like a like a physically imposing person. Like he was shredded and he's
1: tall as hell. Michael yeah, Phelps.
0: yeah, but he never he never had like I guess in that sense he looked like a swimmer. He didn't look like he like lifted. Like this mm-hmm. dude looks like he could play
1: football. Yeah, he could he could be a wide out. Right. On a on an AFL roster.
0: Right. Um, Dude's
1: yoked. When I saw him out of the water, I was like, holy oh, we're talking about a different, different kind of athlete. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's uh he's a monster. He's a monster. Um And then also see, um, I do like watching diving. Part of
1: the <laughs> yeah. Really? You like watching diamond?
0: I do. I think it's really I think it's really interesting to watch and but they I guess to it's, do the I guess, same dive. I know, but I guess for me, because the only perspective that I have of it is just, you know, going to the river and then jumping off of really high places. So to me it's one of those things where I'm watching it and like I have a context a little bit for how much like a 30 and 40 foot fall feels like so to, to picture that in my head of somebody doing all of that stuff before they hit the water is impressive to me because i know what jumping off that height feels mm. like and how long it takes to hit the hit the water so to accomplish the amount of stuff that they accomplish into the precision like especially when they do like like a duo like you have two american like the synchronized, synchronized diving yeah, yeah the synchronized, synchronized diving that is impressive because they they really are hitting the water at, like, the exact same time.
1: Think about, like, them just at a pool. Like, how many hours they had to spend at a pool just diving and trying to get in sync? Yeah. How many hours that would take?
0: Yeah. So, I, I think diving is, is fun to watch.
1: So, Jay, this is what I picture when um, Jason's watching diving. He's sitting there, right, and he sees the first person go down, and he's like – he stands up immediately, looks down, he's like – Probably, probably looks at his dad and is like, "Hey, did did they death check that? I didn't see, I didn't see anyone death check that. I, yeah. Can we, can we make sure that, that he's okay? That they're diving yeah. okay? I, dad, go over there and lift your hand up to see how how deep it is for me, okay?
0: Hey, nobody's ever gotten hurt when we've been uh, rock jumping. I tell you, so it uh, it hasn't do you know, happened.
1: Do you know the depth of the pool? It's- fifteen plus feet. Deep. Yeah, it's
0: gotta be it's gotta be deep enough that they don't have to worry about uh, but they, they don't
1: even to... touch the bottom. Yeah.
0: I and uh, I mean, so.
1: Simone Biles came back. She competed. did. She took bronze, right? Yeah in the balance beam. Yeah. That's kinda cool.
0: It is. It is it was like, nice that she was like able a... to What was
1: it? It was nice No about... go ahead it it was cool to see it, like it just seemed like the pressure was totally off her for this and she could just go out and do it like it it just came out of nowhere oh she's she's competing
0: yeah whatever oh, it's, mental it's like surprise. Res- whatever mental reset she uh she needed um you know it's good that she uh that she got it
1: mm-hmm
0: so all right well um we've got about three minutes left do you have anything you want to say to our lovely fans
1: um. By, I think I I can picture every single one of you, all five of you, and um, I just appreciate all your your love and support and in these times. Um, if I could, if I could see you, I, I would hug you and kiss you on the mouth.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll say um, thank you for the five thousand listens. That the uh, podcast eclipsed over the week, um, a little uh, little milestone for the uh, for the show. You know, it's a uh, it's a slow slow process. I was listening to somebody the other day. I just caught like a random random radio um, station, and they were talking about something that they had been working on. I think it was a show um they're just working in tv and radio and somebody was like yeah you know we had to work at it for like 10 years before we finally got somebody to listen really and i was thinking about our show. I was like 10 years man we got a long way to go
1: <laughs> so yeah especially you you got a lot of improvement i got some notes for you to improve after this show oh
0: okay okay right right, right. um I would say your improvement needs to be writing better questions at the beginning of the show for I oh, need answers.
1: You're just mad because you would die. Like, I, you would see me in the Olympics on your TV. It's like, wait, is that Sam at the front of that sailboat? Yeah, it is. You're damn right.
0: I would also be like, wow, he's getting carried by his teammates. <laughs> and I'm over here by myself. Hey, it's, uh, what do you want me to do? I'm just what? I'm just gonna run and do my little dive. Just woo-hoo. would you
1: say PJ Tucker NBA champion was he not carried? No judgment there, right? <laughs> but he played a part. I'm playing a part. I'm on the boat, <laughs> not as much
0: as he did.
1: I'm on a boat, <laughs> not as much as he did. I'm one of like six. He's what one of fifteen, thirteen. On. Uh, he's
0: one of like eight because it was like an eight man rotation. Okay,
1: one of eight. I'm one of six. Okay, and whatever. <laughs> Higher share. Whatever. You're just mad. What was I what was the one that I was thinking of? Oh, oh. easy one. Bobsledding. <laughs> Bob sledding Think about it, you just have to stand there and the dogs do everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bobsledding do that.
0: You have to you have to control all the dogs though. What do you mean? Oh yeah, I'll give them treats, so I'll be <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I need you to make this tight turn right here. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Spot, Spot! You better, you better friggin' You're <laughs> such a good boy, you're such a good boy, Spot. Did you ever see little... the movie Snow Dogs?
1: Yeah, I did.
0: Oh man, that was a,
1: that was a great movie as a kid. No, there's way more into because isn't it like a week long race or something for Bob? Yeah, life? like there's no way I'd be able to survive. Right. But I do have three years at it. Just gotta give me a couple pooches, a couple, a couple <laughs> Brady's. Brady's in the front, a couple. Couple of Dodgers in the back to really push it forward. Oh, I'm I'm upset. You need any Grissis in the middle? <laughs> I don't think so.
0: <laughs> hey, him in his prime. Him in his prime. He was a he was a force to be right. But he's right. not. He was a fast. No, he was fast. What? he when he was like two three? He was surprisingly fast. I don't know, man. But he's, here's he's the thing. The... Here's, but here's the thing. You need an anchor like you need you need somebody to take the weight and griss is somebody who may not may not necessarily be the fastest dog he's still fast but he's strong so he'll 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 pull you through that last hard mile you know
1: are we talking about griss in the front or the back i don't know wherever the anchor spot for bobs <laughs> is cuz if he's in the back he's getting dragged cuz he's the slowest
0: yeah yeah but see he needs to be an anchor somewhere
1: if he's if he's in the front then he's setting a pretty slow pace i just don't think gris fits man i'm sorry he's not it's not it's a no for me okay
0: (laughs) i just i have an image of him Uh, we we were at the dog park with him uh when he was like two years old um he had like two german shepherds who were like kind of running after him and just like antagonizing him Mm -hmm. um and gris is he's not social um and he, he had his tennis ball, and he really – all he wanted to do was just run around and sit with his tennis ball. And these mm-hmm. dogs were just – they weren't leaving him alone. And then I don't know what one of the dogs did, but Griss like, snapped and turned around and, like, flipped one of the German Shepherds, and then the other one saw it, and then he pinned the other one too, and then they ran off. And then he, before my dad and I could even react – Chris had pinned both of them and then started jogging back to both of us. I was like, okay.
1: How is that supposed to help me in a bobsled race?
0: I, I'm not. I'm just saying. I, he, he, what I'm saying is that he's got that, that mental toughness. He's got that
1: dog in him?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dog is a dog.
1: Everybody um, needs, everybody needs a pit bull. Everyone needs a little dog in him. No, what? hmm Why?
0: Because Pitbulls are the best dog breed. What are you talking about? No, they're not. Yes, they. Okay, this is a conversation no, for they're all there. No, Yes, they are. Pitbull? I think no. we can hear here, you. Yeah, first of all, yes, they are. And then second they're, of all. They're misjudged. I'll give you that. But they're not the
1: best. Like, you can't go from widely considered the worst to then jump all the way up to the best. That doesn't work. No, they're the best.
0: Um, but I think what we can both agree is that Jenna's favorite breed of, breed of dog is just ugly.
1: Jenna, I didn't say it. If you got this far, Jenna, I didn't say it. I know that would break your heart. I know Jason will immediately send you an apology at the end of this because that truly hurt you inside and he didn't mean it, okay? Okay, listen to me. Don't, Don't cry. Don't cry, Jenna. He didn't mean it.
0: No, I meant every damn word.
1: <laughs> those those I'm... IG dogs, those Kendall Jenner dogs, you know what? I, I don't want to own one, but I'm not going to say they're the worst. <laughs> I didn't say they were the worst. I said they're ugly. The wiener dogs are the worst.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Or no, probably a wiener dog chihuahua mix. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, I don't know how Aaron and we're getting off topic, but I don't know, I don't know how Aaron's family goes from having a German Shepherd mixed with a wolf to his little chihuahua.
1: I guess they didn't. I guess they didn't like the big dog.
0: <laughs> I guess
1: not. <laughs> I guess not. They would, or the, either that, or they they were just testing out the both ends of the extreme. I guess so. I guess so. Do you think it's too basic to get a a lab and or a golden retriever? Or um one of those like dogs you see all the time
0: um well labs have never been my favorite breed of dog um
1: wow you're just gonna say that right in front of dodger's face huh <laughs>
0: <laughs> look dodger i think you're great but i uh, you've never your, your breed has never really been my I- i've been pimples shepherds boxers rottweilers those are what a,
1: what about a husky
0: I like huskies. They're weird though. They're so loud. <laughs> yeah, they're,
1: they're, they're so kind of weird. So loud. Who was I like, talking to? I was talking to someone, uh one of my dad's friends at a we were golfing, right? And and he had a husky and Jen and I were talking like, "Oh, we could actually probably see ourselves owning a husky." And he was like, "Yeah, they're freaky. Like you have to give them constant attention and they'll just do like the <laughs> stuff." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that kind of deters me." Oh, and apparently they have like some of the highest energy so you have to like run them all the time to get them to chill right right i'm still with it (laughs) (laughs) i I want a damn i want to have
0: a wolf i'd rather have a shepherd at that point nah shepherds are just
1: so hairy yeah they shed a lot i need a dog i just can't have a dog
0: And see, that's why I like Pitts, Boxers, and Rottweilers, man. But they don't have fur. They have hair. Yeah, but still. Plus, I think they're... Look, Pitbulls are always going to be my favorite breed of dog, but... um, I mean, they're just... They're the best-looking dogs. They just are.
1: Best-looking? No. There is no... no they're not the cutest. No, they're not There
0: is no image of a dog that is better than a Pitbull with a big old fat pit bull smile. There's nothing better. Dude, what? There is nothing better. Oh my gosh. There is nothing better.
1: So when you when you picture a dog in your brain, in your in your head right now, you think of pit bull? That's the first thing you think of? Absolutely. God, that's like way at the bottom. No, that's, Pitbull are... looks like a like an alien compared to like the image of a dog I have in my head. Oh I my think god! A, I think a beagle before I think a Pitbull.
0: A Pitbull smile is the best. Is the best image of a dog by far.
1: I think Labs are really cute. Um, golden Retrievers are even better than Pitbulls. <laughs> Uh, what, what, a pug or a bulldog what's better bulldog pug or pitbull I'd group them all together <laughs> pitbulls <laughs> have you seen so a, you get...
0: have you seen an American bulldog mm-hmm. yeah those are like beast up
1: pitbulls <laughs> 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 they're huge so bulldog or pug which one would you rather have probably a bulldog really
0: I think um, cuz I think I would giggle every time I would see my dog cuz they yeah. <laughs> they're just funny looking like they're Imagine th- not he's in the like big
1: lane he's like laying upside down you're just like oh my gosh oh you're so funny
0: yeah not in the bad way but they're just i don't know they're they're really chunky and they're
1: they're funny to look at pugs they just pugs
0: they breathe weird man like when you listen to a <laughs> breathe, breathe.
1: <laughs> you don't know what's going on in the brain of a pug
0: Plus, have you seen Men in Black?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Like, <laughs> I mean, they're a flight risk. <laughs> so I don't. Well, I'm glad we went on this tangent. It was we made the episode longer, but I, if anybody's still listening, then hopefully cats, entertaining.
1: Are, cats are better than every single dog. So okay, we're ending this. So you yes. see, uh, you see the commercial. It's for the uh, I think it's for the Ford truck, and it's a cat that's like doing all kinds of dog stuff. No. You know what no. I'm talking about? You don't know what... Oh It like jumps it like fetches it like jump jumps in a lake and fetches it uh it was like herding um cows, I think, like a like a a herding dog type of thing, but it's a cat. Well
0: it's just trying to be what it's not and then it's just a dog. Well you know? it's
1: just the superior um, if it was
0: superior species. then it wouldn't be trying to emulate the dog. So it's just a commercial Okay, whatever.
1: You brought it up. <laughs> Cats are better. Yeah, whatever. If, uh, say, say you're stuck under some weights, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're benching one day, right? And you're trying to go for your PR. And then suddenly, out of the blue, which knock on wood, you uh, strain something in your back. And the weight drops and falls on you. And you're stuck. Would you be more confident in a dog getting help or a cat? A dog. No, that dog's fucking. A, a cat's, its gonna, tail cat's gonna, right it's, in front of you. A
0: cat's gonna sit there and go. I hope you die. <laughs> what the? What kind of
1: cat have you had? God, I, I just want to watch you suffer. <laughs> With those those damn eyes looking at the you. The cat's
0: like the cat's like screw you. I got nine lives. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I uh, I hope you all have a a wonderful weekend, a uh, wonderful week. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode and our little animal tangent, and uh, we will see you all in just a couple days.
1: I want to have a duck.